Good morning, wherever you are, and welcome to St. Michael's in the Morning, a podcast series encompassing everything from sermons and services to special audio presentations, brought to you by St. Michael's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas. For more information, or to make a donation to St. Michael's, please visit www.st-michaels.org. From today's reading from Colossians, for through him God was pleased to reconcile all things to himself. In the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Please be seated. (coughs) About two years ago, I made a choice to remove the news from my iPhone feed Our second child had just been born. I felt vulnerable and overwhelmed, and I was tired of waking up to headlines that I personally experienced as toxic. Um, The impetus for that choice was a conference I had recently attended where the keynote speaker said something that really hit me, which was that 90% of the news was designed to answer two very specific questions. Number one, what are we supposed to all be afraid of? And number two, who should we blame? Fear and blame, that she said, was what drove 90% of the news. Now, that may or may not be fair, but I do think it's fair to say that a lot of our societal discourse is driven by fear and that we all feel better whenever we have someone to blame and we want the guilty party to be punished. In fact, I'll even take that a step further. I think we kind of like seeing people punished. Rene Girard was one of the great thinkers of the 20th centuries, and one of the things he observed as a social scientist is how we all have this universal tendency to scapegoat, that is, to save ourselves from bearing any guilt and blame by displacing that guilt and blame onto other people, right? If we can all agree that the problem lives somewhere out there and that the problem is not us, and then punish whoever it is we believe is responsible for that problem, this will make us all feel better and less anxious and more connected. And of course, in the short run, scapegoating works. This is why we all do it. But in the long run, it becomes pretty obvious that there are only two forces that exasperate fear and blame, and those two forces are fear and blame. We see this from the very beginning of Scripture. Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve are put in a garden, And God tells them they can do anything they want except eat this one particular piece of fruit. But, of course, they do eat the fruit, and then they hide from God because they are afraid of being punished. God then investigates to see what happened, but Adam is quick to the draw. He blames God. Then Adam blames Eve. Eve blames the snake. Everyone panics and tries to save themselves, to absolve themselves, to clear their own name, all because they are scared. 
scared of God, scared of bearing the blame, scared of being punished. So today in the Episcopal Church is Christ the King Sunday. And the whole point of Christ the King Sunday is that things in the kingdom of God do not work as they do in the kingdom of the world. And the reason that is important to name is because we all tend to assume that God's ways are like our ways and that on the great day of judgment that God will use blame and punishment to bring justice to this world. The only difference being that God is a lot smarter than you and I are and that God has information we don't have, meaning that God will know the right people to blame and punish. But notice, that's not even close to what we see in today's gospel, where the powers of this world do their absolute worst to Jesus. When he is blamed unjustly for crimes he did not commit, Father, Forgive them, he says. They do not know what they are doing. They do not know that their tendency to blame and punish only increases their misery and makes them more lonely, scared, and afraid. Father, he prayed so compassionately from the cross. I'm asking you to forgive them. And don't think for a moment that Jesus prayed this prayer for the Father's benefit, as if God the Father needed a little arm twisting before he was ready to forgive. No, but as it says in today's reading from Colossians, God was pleased. For in him, God was pleased to reconcile all things to himself. Or as Jesus says elsewhere in the Gospel of Luke, Fear not, little flock, it is your Father's pleasure to give you the kingdom. There's an old story about two Japanese monks, and they were walking together on a muddy road whenever they met a girl in a flowing silk dress who was unable to cross the very wet intersection. And so one of the monks just picked the girl up in his arms and carried her through the mud onto more secure ground. The two monks then continued their hike, but the other monk, who was furious, said not a word until they reached their lodging for the night. And when night came, the angry monk confronted his friend and said, we monks do not go near females. It's against our rule of life. We have taken a vow. Why did you do what you did? And in reply, the monk said, I left the girl on the path. Why are you still carrying her? So often in life, we carry things around that God so badly wants us to put down. Grudges, resentments, guilt, shame, fear, blame, anger, unforgiveness towards ourselves and towards other people. And these burdens we carry, they're so heavy and joy-killing and exhausting, and yet, for whatever reason, we feel ambivalent about putting them down. 
But if today's gospel means anything, it's that these burdens we carry and the burdens we place on the shoulders of others, the burden of our judgment, our disappointment, our unrealistic expectations, these burdens we carry have all been nailed to a cross with Jesus. God has put them down. Meaning that in the kingdom where Jesus reigns as king forever, they really have no place. And so let me tell you what I think Christ the King Sunday means. I believe that it means that power and force are not the same thing. Force uses blame and the threat of punishment to motivate human behavior. In the short run, force is effective. And until Jesus returns in glory, force will always have some place in this world. But in the long run, when it comes to healing the whole creation, the idea of using force to change the world is like using gas to extinguish a fire. But power, that's what we see in today's gospel, where on the cross, Jesus breaks the cycle of fear and blame by absorbing it all into himself as an act of sheer love. Twice in today's gospel, the people shout, save yourself. In other words, they want Jesus to use force. But he doesn't, because Christ the King is way too powerful. And his power is displayed in a sovereign choice to forgive, to love, to absolve, to heal. And in the pleasure he takes and reconciling all things to himself. And that, by the way, includes your whole life. And I do mean that. That means that your whole life, your past, your present, your future, it has been fully forgiven by God. I remember saying that at a conference a few years ago where I happened to be the keynote speaker, and someone got really mad at me, and he raised his hand, and he said, so are you telling me you think grace is cheap? Do you believe in cheap grace? And I said, no, I'm not saying that grace is cheap. I'm saying that it's absolutely free and that it flows without measure from the cross of our king and that there's nothing you could ever do to convince God to offer you anything but grace. In fact, there's a great joke about the very last man in hell. And every day, Jesus would come to see this man, begging him to give up the insanity and to accept the forgiveness that had been won for him on the cross. The gates of heaven, they're open, he'd say. By day or night, they will never be shut. Please, come to the party. But the man said, no. So one day, Jesus came back and said, okay, listen. I've been coming here every day, but this really is your last chance. Today's the day. And you've got to make your decision. And whatever you choose, that is it. Your decision will stand for all of eternity. And so think long and hard about what your choice is going to be. But the man was stubborn, and he refused. And he said, I'm staying here. Well, Jesus said, that's it. You have made your choice. So, I'll be back tomorrow. 
So whatever hell is, whether hell is in our heart or on this earth or somewhere else, I assure you hell is not what happens when God blames you and punishes you because you are worse than everyone else. Hell is what happens when God forgives us and nails blame and punishment to a cross, and yet we still choose to rely on blame and punishment because for some reason we don't know how to put it down. But today we are reminded that in the kingdom where Jesus reigns supreme, a kingdom that Caleb will soon be baptized into, that grace, forgiveness, and love alone will last and that we don't need to hide from God or be afraid or save ourselves, for our king was pleased. He was pleased to reconcile the whole world to himself. This, we believe, is what Christianity is all about, that Jesus Christ is the true king of this world. His crown is of thorns. His throne is a cross. His subjects he serves, and of his government there will be no end. And so blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and blessed be God's kingdom, now and forever. Amen.